When's the last time you've seen somebody come to the Lord? I'm not even going to preach my sermon tonight. I, we, we're just going to preach, amen? amen? Go to your Bibles to Luke 15. I love that song. I especially love how it goes with our theme. Luke 15 says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? When he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Isn't this interesting that we find publicans and sinners drawing near to Him? The Lord attracts all kinds of people. There's many who are curious. Pharisees and scribes, they murmured. It's always the religious people that seem to be murmuring. <laughs> I was listening to a sermon where the preacher recently, and he said, uh, I'd rather have a faithful serving non-member than a member who doesn't do anything. <laughs> Sometimes in our religiosity, we puff ourselves up to think we're something. But aren't you glad our Lord was a friend of Amen. sinners? Amen. <laughs> he sat down with them. He ate with them. I can remember when He went by the wayside and He looked in the tree. Zacchaeus, come down from there. I'm going to your house today to eat. Walks up to the money changer's table there, tax collector, and says, follow me. It's amazing who the Lord attracts, and it's amazing those who follow the Lord. And as I think about that song and the value of one, how many religious people might look at somebody and say, there's no chance for them to be saved. I was so encouraged Saturday morning, and I don't want to get into details for sake of privacy and confidentiality and things like that, but somebody had come up to me and they said, you know, this is the first place I've been to church-wise where people actually just came up and said, I'm glad you're here. And he said, most people will judge me before they even get a chance to even hear me because I've got the marks of my past. And we all do. Some are visible, some are invisible. We all have those things in our past. And, and I think sometimes we see somebody come in the back door and we think, well, there's no chance. Who are we to judge? I, I know one time Zach Costi and I were knocking doors. A big biker guy came to the door and we were scared to death. I thought, this guy, didn't, he's not. let's just give him the material and get. And he was the most tender, crying. 
right there on the doorstep hearing about the Lord. You never know is what I'm saying. And so here we have these publicans and sinners. And, and, and who's this guy that he would receive sinners and eat with them? And, and I think sometimes we get a little too prideful about who we are willing to witness to and who we're willing to reach out to and eat with and fellowship with and all these kind of things. And, and I understand there has to be some prudence there. There's maybe some unsavory folks that uh, maybe you shouldn't have over quite yet until they get a little bit of discipleship under them. But you can still take them out somewhere. Amen. You can still sit down with them. Isn't this what the text is saying? Uh, you can still be a part of their life. So don't be so quick when somebody comes in and you say, well, I don't know, they don't look the part. That's who we want in here. We don't want a church full of a bunch of us. It'll smell like Ralph in here. So, not Ralph Hollinsworth. That was from uh, Wreck-It Ralph. All right. We don't want to be become so homogenized that, that there's never anybody to disciple. There's never any new people to reach. There's never anybody who doesn't look the part. Listen, I, I'll go ahead and blow your mind. I'm okay if we find them out there taking a smoke break. Listen, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. I'd rather have people that we can win to the Lord and we can disciple them and we can show them and we can guide them. Listen, that's the value of one. And you say, well, I don't, I don't think that we can reach them and I don't think they're reachable and what good are they going to be here? They are a soul that Jesus died for. They are created in the image of God. And we ought to look at people and we ought to realize that is somebody that Jesus suffered and bled and died for. And listen, we were no different. Have you seen pictures of Mike Petraco before his salvation? Amen. Listen, that's his own testimony. We all, did you see pictures of me before I got right with God? It looks good though, amen? Uh, man. Yeah. And I know, I know that people would have looked and said, there's no way that guy's going to end up doing anything. Amen. And sometimes we're looking for the clean cut. We're looking for the just right. We're looking for those who have potential. And we're out there doing our thing. And, and listen, it may be that one that we're not even suspecting. It might be the publicans and sinners. But there's always going to be the Pharisees and the scribes. Just have to murmur. Just have to complain. Do we really need that in here? Do I really have to smell that in here? I've heard it. I've heard it. Well, I can tell they've been drinking. And so Jesus speaks a parable unto them. What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go over that which is lost until he find it? I want that gang member. I want that ex-drunk. I want those that are hooked on drugs. Jesus came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. And we ought to be sharing that with everybody. We ought to be sharing that so in the hopes that these people can get their hearts right. The woman that's out on the street. We need to reach them. It's the value of one. My heart has been burdened for many years now and when, when we used to pray in here together, Brother Ken and I would pray and, and we would chat about how it's, 
it's, it's our desire, my desire, um, that we reach those that have never been reached. Amen. I'm okay. I'll take all the church plants that want to come. I'm not, you know, I'll take everybody, but uh, within, you know what I'm saying, as far as membership goes, they've got to follow a certain set of, of beliefs that we have, but we'll take anybody in. And so as I thought about our church and where we've, we've come and where we're heading, all these things, as I think about those who have come into our fold, how many of those have we reached because we are the ones who led them to the Lord? That burdens me. I'm okay if we, if we do have people that kind of come in and, you know, maybe they're not churched a whole lot. They've been in church, though, and they just kind of bouncing around. That's fine. But how wonderful would it be if we could go out there and we could see somebody. And, and listen, we live in that day and age. They've never seen a Bible. They've definitely never seen it open. They've never darkened the doors of a church. They don't even know what a sermon means. And to see those people come in and lead them to the Lord. Not just bring them in here and lead them to the Lord. Lead them to the Lord out there. Bring them in. That's my heart. But what that takes is us being willing to say, I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they're going through. The Lord died for them, and I'm going to share the message with them. So which of you, having, having lost one? Listen, you talk to parents who have a child that goes astray. They go after them. Go after him. And when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. I don't know if you've ever experienced that joy before. I've, I've, I've been blessed to do a lot of things in my life, a lot of great things. Uh, I don't know how many here can say they flew into an eye of a hurricane at 10,000 feet. Uh, it's a rush, amen? <laughs> and, and I was blessed to do that several times uh, when I worked with the hurricane hunters. And I can tell you, there's nothing greater. There's no rejoicing greater than when you watch somebody. Come under Holy Ghost conviction. And, and they can't help themselves. And, and, and it's almost like, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And this is what I tell everybody now. Look, I can't get you saved. You're the one that has to ask the Lord to save you. And you watch as they bow their head and they begin to pray without any prompting from you, without any words that you're giving them. And you watch as they say, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Where'd that come from? came from the Holy Ghost. Drawing them and pressing upon them. And then we see them come to the altar. And they bow and maybe somebody works with them and, and shows them the way of salvation. There's no greater joy. Amen. When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. You can't help but talk about it. Amen. And, and this is the verse that I just got me as the boys were singing tonight. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner. Over one sinner that repenteth. More than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. <laughs> joy in heaven. I mean, just think about that. Not even just joy in the church. Joy in heaven. And, and, and again, please take this with the right spirit. But it doesn't say that there's going to be joy in heaven over one who transfers church membership. By the way, just get yourself in a good church. Plant yourself and stay there. That's my other message tonight that I'm not preaching. Just get behind your preacher and support him. Come back next week for the follow-up. Amen.
heaven rejoices over one sinner. That when's the last time you led a soul to the Lord? Come on now. I, I know you can't control the harvest. You all you can do is you can plant and you can water, but there is the principle of reaping and sowing, and if you would cast enough seed, you're going to reap something. And and I'm afraid what we're doing is we're not casting enough seed. We we have our little pocket, we have our little areas where we work, and we we recreate and we do all these things, and, and maybe those people we talk to about the things of the Lord, but what about our neighbors? What about the people in the street? What about the people in the store? What What are we doing to reach them? That's what the theme is all about this year. That we would fill Jerusalem with our doctrine. That we would share with people the way of salvation so that we might take part in verse 7. That there would be rejoicing in heaven because Liberty Baptist Tabernacle did their part. Hey, for those of you in school, when's the last time you witnessed to your classmates? Huh? For those of you who who work in the secular workforce, when's the last time you, you witnessed... To your coworkers. Larry's still witnessing to me. Amen. <laughs> L- listen, we, we've got to get busy. Amen. We've got to get busy. We, we, we get excited with that song and we love that song and it's an amen song and boy, it fires you up. But do we really know? Do we really know what it's like to see somebody come to know the Lord as their Savior? And if so, when's the last time? Listen, I'm preaching to myself. We've got to get serious about this. If, if there's one thing I think that the recent events in the world should, should have taught us is, listen, all this stuff in this world, who cares? Who cares? Politics are always going to be on a roller coaster. But what are we doing that's going to last for eternity? What are we doing that we can stand before God and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant? What our pastor in Korea used to always say, sheep make sheep. Are we making sheep? I, I, I just, I'm just so burdened about this thought that we need to be bringing in those who are unchurched, unlearned. They're ignorant about the things of God. And we're seeing them discipled. We're seeing them grow. And then they have a love for this Bible. Because we took the time. We invested ourselves. And we didn't look at somebody and think that they're not reachable. I'm against the seeker-sensitive movement as long as the day is long. But listen, there's a reason why, though, those churches explode. Because they are welcoming. And we need to be welcoming of those who are seeking for truth. We don't need to compromise our principles. We're not going to compromise doctrine. But we ought to be able to say, yeah, you're welcome here. Come and hear the truth. Do we believe that we have the truth? Now, what's remarkable here is why is there joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth? Is this idea of we're just annihilated after we die true? Because that's one of the movements that are sweeping America is that there's no hell. Why is there rejoicing? Because a sinner's been saved. Saved from the fire. That's what the song said. Hell is real. 
And if we believe that, if, if we believe that doctrine, if we believe the truth of this word, wouldn't it break our heart to go to those, especially those we love, especially those that we know, that we see day in, day out? Wouldn't it really motivate us to tell them that there's a heaven to gain through Christ? That having a relationship with Christ, they can have their sins forgiven and they can be saved from the wrath to come. Don't be intimidated. I don't know what to say. Well, did you get saved? Why don't you just tell people that? You don't have to know who the second cousin of Abraham was. But you can surely tell people this is what happened in my life. I was lost and now I'm found. I was that one. So I just want to encourage you tonight. Get serious about this. Find a soul out there. Maybe God right now, the Holy Spirit would impress upon you a name, a face of somebody you know that needs the Lord that you come in contact with. Why wouldn't you just go ahead and make it a priority to witness to them at every opportunity to try to reach them wouldn't you do that? Aren't you glad somebody reached you? Aren't you glad somebody didn't give up on you? We've got to get back to the basics. I've always held this church up when it came to doctrine. Pastor Williams knew how to feed. And he, yeah. And I know this church can stand toe-to-toe with just about any when it comes to doctrine. But what are we doing to reach the lost? Not the lost around the world. We've got the press. Praise God. What are we doing in Rapid City? So expect this spring we will get busy. I'm not going to get busy at minus two. But that doesn't mean it has to stop us as individuals reaching those around us. I understand that you go to a door when it's minus two, they're not going to want to stand there with their door open and talk, right? But we can at least still be busy getting out the word. So the cards will be ordered soon that I mentioned at our State of the Church address. We'll have those. We're going to get probably 20,000 on the first order. And we're just going to start saturating the city. Saturating the city. Filling Jerusalem with our doctrine. Because we want to reach that soul that's nearest hell. We want to turn Rapid City upside down. I want Rapid City to know there's a God in heaven. There's at least one church that won't look down their nose at them. There's at least one place that'll say, we want you to know the Lord. Let's pray.